Hello, and welcome to the Code Youngstown podcast. My name is Neil Primer. Joining me today are Joe Dunko. Hey. And Chris Harwell. Hi. Uh, normally we have a guest, but today we're actually going to have our first discussion topic show where Chris and I are going to grill Joe on event planning, uh, whether it is for Code Youngstown, HackYSU, or any other events in the area. Joe has some experience in that area, and we're going to pick his brains and see what we can learn. Joe, to start, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the events and organizations you've done event planning for in the area? Cool. Um, sure. The So my, my kind of history in event planning uh, starts like in uh, middle school, where I, I started organizing LAN parties for my friends. And it started out as just, I, I remember the first one where it was just like eight people in my, my parents' uh, sunroom thing. And that, w- that went really well. And then they moved into the basement. And then friends started inviting friends. And, you know, every six months we'd have another. And at some point we would have, we had like 50 people almost in my parents' basement, um, which was just insane. And I am so appreciative that my parents put up with us uh, during these events because they were, you know, whole weekend long things with a bunch of random people. There was an entrance directly into the basement, which I feel like made it a little bit easier they didn't have to actually look at anybody but they were there um so i i really appreciate that um and then it kind of accumulated into we we ended up renting out like a church hall selling like five dollar tickets just to pay for food and, and some prizes and we had like a tournament and had like 50 60 people show up to that um food catered and everything so after that um everyone went off to college and I started uh, trying to participate in the local uh, software engineering scene. And the idea was, uh, you know, uh, hackerspace. Like that was what I was tossing around. I wanted to find people that I could start a startup with potentially and learn with and and, and uh, learn from and learn alongside. And that was really difficult because, you know, YSU is a commuter school. A lot of people show up and then immediately leave. So it's very difficult to find a group of people that, um, you know, we'll, we'll stick around and, and, and be social. Um, there were a couple clubs that were doing events. There was the uh, ACM, which would do one event at the beginning of semester of the semester where the, the teachers would bully a bunch of students to show up. Uh, people get voted in as the, the leadership and then everyone would disappear. And that was kind of that. Um, you'd just be you know, president, there would be chair, president, whatever of, of the ACM, and they just kind of do nothing. Uh, maybe one event through the semester. Um, there was the um, ethical hacking club, but that was more of like a friends thing. Like I, I was included in that and that was nice, but it was really close knit friends. And I, I appreciate that stuff. And they were all very focused on ethical hacking. And so at some point I, I just decided, um, you know, I, I wanted to carve something out for myself and, and people, hopefully people like me. Um, so I kind of started floating around and I went to every event I could. I went to TEDx Youngstown, the first, the first couple of those. I, I found the Oak Hill Collaborative and I was one of the people who started their makerspace. However, their vision for the makerspace is a little, was a little bit more um, community inclusive than than mine, uh, where it was more a, of a focus on programming and, and programmers and those kind of things and, and people learning the program, uh, which makes sense for the Oak Hill Collaborative, but really didn't make sense for my vision. Um, so I, I kind of stopped participating, even though Code Youngstown has a great relationship with um, with Oak Hill. Then from there, one of my friends invited me to a hackathon uh, in University of Cincinnati. Andrew Jarvis invited me down, stayed at his dorm room, and it was like life-changing type of thing. Like It was one of those things where uh, you, you look back and you're like, oh, that was a, a turning point in my life. And I, I actually kind of knew that while there, it, it was like 100 students, uh, maybe a little bit less, and there were you know 36 hours to build something and prizes and I happened to meet up with a YSU student who was there that also found out about it. And he helped me through my first project. 
And I was like, YSU needs one of these. And that started the journey of putting together HackYSU and that team. Um, and then after that, started helping out with Code Youngstown. And that kind of leads you to today. So that was a lot of history. And I'm sorry about diving into that. But just kind of uh, that is the that is kind of my background in event uh, management, really. All right, cool. You know, um, it's good to have the background. It gives us the uh, the context to really understand like where your particular background comes into play. Um, now, coming up with you know the current events that we have with like Code Youngstown, you know, I guess where do you find? Uh, some of the difficulties in starting to get those events planned are like what are what are some of the initial hurdles you have to get over when you're starting to look at planning these events? So Code Youngstown is kind of we've kind of got hit our stride, and I would say putting together the uh, excuse me putting together the events isn't actually that hard. Uh, we we purposely have a social every other uh, every six months, and. That's pretty easy to put together. We just have to do a lot of advertising and try to get enough people for it to be worth people's time, buy a couple pizzas, and hopefully have a place to host it, which Westside Bull has been absolutely awesome to us, and they, they've been a very consistent host for us. And so that's kind of solved a, a bunch of problems. The, uh, the venue problem, I think, has been consistently been one of our, our biggest especially when we we were younger um we, we were lucky that drund took us on and our first several events happened at drund they sponsored food and then after that we were hoping to kind of not really separate from drund but not be drund specific so we were hoping to shop around in a bunch of different venues and it more or less worked out just kind of hitting up the network and asking hey uh, anyone at turning willing to help us get hosted there anyone at Sensors, anyone at Oak Hill. Um, and it all kind of worked out really well. I, I would say that one of the nice things about Code Youngstown is as that it hasn't really been an uphill battle. Um, everyone has been very understanding and willing to accommodate us, assuming it, we have to put in our time, like a lot of my time spent marketing. Um, I would say most of the events is... is actually marketing making sure that slack messages are going out emails are going out and and that's actually been a problem recently where uh at channel i don't know if either of you noticed but the at channel isn't notifying people and i notified slack that and they're like oh yeah that's a known problem you know deal with it we're like that's it we have almost 400 people in the slack that's how they expect to find out about these events it's kind of a, a big problem for us so I'm not sure how that will be resolved, but to specifically answer your question, things are have kind of reached the point where it's not that hard to put together an event. We we have a backlog of people who are are willing speakers or people who we are are able to slightly bully in the speaking, um, the uh, community members that are willing to for those kind of things. We get a decent amount of volunteers for our lightning talks, which are always a good time, and we just had them at the end of September. Um, things are, are good in Code Youngstown land. And that's one of the reasons that we've kind of been, or rather than we, I have been kind of eyeing putting together a conference, kind of an, a new challenge. Okay. Well, we'll save talking about the conference idea for a little bit later and uh, kind of build up to that. Um, so, you know, you talked a lot about venues. Um, you know, how do you, how did you go about finding uh, the venues you did first with Drund and then also with Westside Mole. Well, Drund worked out because uh, Nick Sarah used to work at Drund. And at the time that I started helping out with Code Youngstown, I was working at Drund. So it was just a good convenient fit. Uh, we just asked and they said yes. Um, so that wasn't that much of a, a big deal. For other venues, it took a lot of emailing, boots on the ground, messaging people really just communication and the you know my I, I say that my primary skill isn't really programming or, or event management but annoying people um, that is the thing that I am best at is consistently annoying people until I get my way uh, for better or worse and 
and that really works well with event management because uh, people tend to drag their feet or, or not take certain things seriously or, you know, my priorities are not necessarily someone else's priorities. And so hitting them up at the right time makes it so, you know, work gets done. So I got very good at using tools like Boomerang uh, for email, which is awesome. If you do any amount of emailing, uh, tools like Boomerang and tools that do the same thing where you can send an email and add a date to it that says, if I don't get a response by this date, put this email back in my inbox so I know to ping them and follow up. It, it is uh, game-changing for being annoying, uh, truly. That that definitely helped out when we were doing the startup. It helped out when we were putting together HackWise. You, it, it definitely takes a load off the mind where I know that my emails when I'm be, that I'm sending I don't have to worry that they'll go out into the void and never be returned. That they'll come back if you know one way or the other. So bringing up HackYSU, um, can you talk a little bit more about uh, the HackYSU event and some of the specific challenges and things that go into that event and planning for it? Sure. The first HackYSU was a monumental task. There really wasn't any precedence for a event like HackYSU. Maybe maybe a little bit. There there was a programming competition that Michelle Hall would have every year where they would open up all the classrooms, have like 200 students show up, and they would use the the Michelle Hall for a ACM programming competition where you get into like a group of like 3 or 4 and you would spend like three or four hours trying to solve three or four programming problems that were like tricky, quizzy type uh, problems. I was terrible at it. I did it once. And I think uh, Chris still hasn't let me down, especially because it was on Halloween and we were like, we're going to wear banana costumes. I shipped my banana costume to the wrong address. So he ended up being the only one wearing a banana costume, and he has not let me live that down since. It has been like five years, and I still have a picture of him in the banana costume, and I think it frustrates him, but I am so sorry. I had every intention of wearing this banana costume. I just shipped it to the wrong address. But I digress. Besides that, there was no events that really stayed overnight on campus. Um, there were no events that were were held at like the five to ten thousand dollar range by student organizations, especially not CSIS organizations, uh, the computer science and information uh, systems, the 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 department that hosted the event. So it took a lot of trying to get people to say yes to things. And on campus, there are hundreds of people whose whole jobs are to just say no to things. And so it took a lot of getting people to say basically getting someone to say a soft yes like I, i'll remember i was talking to connie who's the administrative assistant and i asked hypothetically if we had an event here you know if it was 36 hours like would we be able to do it and she she was like yeah you know whatever and just kind of was off doing her own thing i was like well about this state and she was like yeah that'd be fine i'm like okay sure and she was like yeah you have to get the okay from like these handful of people I'm like okay i'll go do that so i wrote it down and started just literally running around campus for days on end, uh, knocking on doors of uh, different food vendors, trying to figure out how, at the time, Chartwells at, at YSU, how that worked. Um, there, you have to get certain permission for certain rooms, but the ha the hallways, you get permission from someone else to book them, uh, roping in the police because they actually uh lock all the doors at night and you actually need to pay them extra if they stay overnight getting parking on board because they don't allow overnight parking by default and you have to pay for their parking we wanted to pay for everybody's parking and so you had to figure out parking passes uh food's not technically allowed in michelle unless that it's from ysu's vendors and we kind of ignored that role because the food would have costed something like five times more uh, for significantly worse food. Uh, I, my understanding is Chartwell's food is much better now, but at the time it was no good. Um, figuring out prizes, uh, emailing uh, Major League Hacking and getting them on board, just a lot of moving parts. And at every given part, there was a, 
Uh, only if you, uh, MLH was like, well, we can only do something if you have a date. And so we had to confirm a date. And in order to confirm the date, we had to book the, the rooms and the hallways and the police and this and that. And it, it was basically like a lot. It, it was a lot of lot. So at some point we, we got enough yeses that we were able to, we felt comfortable to put up a sign-up sheet. And that was published on the MLH website. And we ended up getting something like 350 people to sign up. Um, we had signs everywhere on Michelle, every single table, every single wall. I was going, everyone needed to know HackWise you existed and what a hackathon was. Because at the time, no one knew what a hackathon was. That was actually one of the things that was very difficult about HackYSU is that it's explaining to the IT department what a hackathon is and that we aren't trying to hack their mainframe. Uh, explaining to you know, teachers, hey, this is a, an event that you could actually tell your students to go to and this is what a hackathon is. Explaining to students getting over that hump, it was, it was pretty difficult. And while we had 350-ish signups, only about 75 people showed up, maybe a little less. Uh, for the first one. And we were, I was pretty disappointed. I was expecting like 200, you know, you figure like half, we, we had food for 200. We were ready for anything, but we, it still worked out. Um, and after that, it got a little easier. People knew what HackYSU was. They knew that they couldn't shake me if I came into their office and, you know, that I wouldn't stop emailing them until I got what I wanted for better or worse. So people started just dealing with me. Um, and so the subsequent years were a little bit easier. We moved into a slightly nicer venue, um, the DeBartlow Stadium Club, which allows food from uh, outside vendors. Um, and especially because we started raising decent money, um, we, we raised something like, I'm trying to remember, like five or $6,000 for the first one. And I think we raised over $10,000 for the second one. And I think that started um, making people take us seriously. So th those were... Those were the biggest challenges is just getting people to take us seriously that we actually, you know, meant to put on this event and getting the o incremental OKs until we got real OKs. It's awesome. It's kind of kind of interesting to hear how much you had to, to push and persevere through all of that to make the event happen. Um, so how long ago was the first Hack YSU? And uh, secondarily, you didn't really describe what the event was like, the, the time and what the focus is. Um, could you give the summary of that as well? Of course. So a HackYSU is a hackathon, which is not like hacking the mainframe hackathon, but hacking as in hacking something together uh, over the course of a weekend. So the typical hackathon is 24 to 36 hours. Uh, HackYSU is a 36-hour hackathon in which you join a team of up to four and you try to create anything digital. Uh, people create websites, apps, games, art, uh, designs, uh, really anything. It's, it's, the it's an opportunity for you to set aside a weekend to focus on creating some kind of portfolio piece. And HackYSU is meant to be a a tool, a, a venue for that. And how we do that is that we provide food, we provide spaces to sleep, you bring a sleeping bag and, and you can sleep right there. We make sure you're you're well fed, well taken care of, well hydrated, well energy drinked, well everything. We bring in mentors to help you work through any problems that you encounter, any roadblocks Teach uh, we have sessions throughout the weekend to help you learn how to to make your first website or first app or, or what have you you can come in the the idea is you can come in the hack ysu knowing very little about programming or design or any of these things and through some perseverance maybe very little sleep uh, maybe a decent number of energy drinks you you will come out on the other side with something that you can be proud of that you can that you have learned something and you can showcase it on your resume hopefully and it will hopefully lead to a, a job and the first hack ysu was held in i think april of 2015 and so i think we're up to seven hack ysus i think we missed a year because of covid one year was remote 
And this most recent one was back in person and had almost 100 people at it, or about 100, I think a little bit more, um, depending on how you count. Um, so it's it's back in action, and people people know about HackYSU. I, I've started teaching at YSU this semester, which I'm excited about, and I asked my students, you know, have you heard about HackYSU? And everyone raised their hands. And just as a comparison, I separately, on a separate occasion, asked, has anyone heard of XKCD? No one raised their hands. So, I, you know, I, that I, to me, XKCD is like this thing that's very deeply in like the geek subculture. And for HackYSU, it is Youngstown State, but for HackYSU to have permeated YSU's culture enough that every single student, my 30 student class, has heard of it. That makes me really proud and and very excited and tells me that there's there's probably a future for hack YSU. That's excellent. Um you know, it's um it's awesome to hear that actually. Um you know, like I had I had heard of Hack YSU for you know ever since I joined Code Youngstown because it keeps getting advertised there uh pretty heavily. But um you know getting to hear some of the, some more of the history around it is pretty awesome. Um, you know, Chris, did you have anything you wanted to ask Joe regarding event planning? Yeah, I was going to ask, um, you mentioned briefly about some of the tools that you used, um, cause, uh, I, I assume everyone's here is like me, um, things like re making sure that the email you sent doesn't get sent into the void, like doing all of that manually. I couldn't imagine that. So I was just curious, like what kind of tools outside of that boomerang do you use for like automating most of the, this stuff? I would definitely not say we automated most of the stuff. Um, I, I would say that we tried the, or I specifically was doing most of the automating. There was a whole hack YSU team back in the day, but I definitely, I want to say ran the show, but I definitely ran the planning. So the, our tooling stack was Trello for everything. Everything was in Trello, moving across the board. Um, assignments to people, whether or not people respected them or not, or actually were signed in the Trello, I at least kept track of who was responsible for what with some kind of temporary due date that was significantly early than when it actually needed to get done because we were completely volunteer at a commuter school. So it was very, you know, uh, things come up. People have assignments, people have jobs. YSU has a a percentage of students with jobs that is just so much higher than non-commuter schools that, you know, you can't set expectations too high for your volunteers. You have to be appreciative of what they volunteer to do. So Trello was how I powered all of that. Um, every meeting I'd distill the Trello board into tasks and assignments. We'd have weekly meetings, mostly via Google Hangouts. That worked pretty well. We had at the time a Facebook group. That was the thing that everyone had back in the day and everyone was using. I think we, at some point we transitioned to Slack, um, which later became the hack or the Youngstown Penguin Hacker Slack. And I think is now a Discord. I think it's now the Youngstown Compu or YSU Computer Club Discord. So that's kind of evolved over time. But at the time we were using a Facebook group because everyone was on Facebook. That's just what how seven years ago was. Um, boomerang was very helpful. It was worth paying for uh, without a doubt. I'm trying to think what else, lots of Google docs, uh, that were synced during meetings. We'd have a, you know, multiple people editing the Google doc. Everyone could see it. That was the main thing is that we had this Google folder that anyone could go into and make changes. I did not want to silo anything. Um, <clears throat> the, the Gmail account was completely separate that I did all the work under so that someone else could log in and go through the history of the Gmail account, uh, which has been handy to, to get emails and contacts in, in future iterations. I apparently did not leave enough trails behind. Uh, I know that some future, uh, some subsequent organization teams or HackYSU teams were a little bit frustrated, but I definitely left. They, it was all there, just not well organized. So uh, I, I apologize for that. I'm trying to think what else. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Some Google Calendar stuff, lots of invitations. But the most of the work 
uh, you couldn't couldn't be uh, automated. It was mostly boots on ground, physically running around the campus to get things done. Uh, what about other events? I was I would that's interesting to hear about that. I was also curious about just not just hack YSU, but just event planning in general. Um, something that I've been learning about lately in a workshop that I'm taking is like organizing, I guess you'd call a daily note. And part of that is like your daily log, like meetings that you have, people that you talk to, stuff like that. And it's been an interesting concept of like, I guess at a smaller scale, like day-to-day and week-to-week event planning. And something that I, I guess it wasn't around seven years ago, but like Apple shortcuts, automating, like adding tasks from your calendar to your, your note, daily note. Um, I was just curious if you had done anything like that in the past, because I've seen some crazy stuff and I'm like, man, this is really cool. I wonder if Joe did that. I am not that into automation, to be honest. Um, I've never actually used Apple shortcuts or automator. I've seen scripts, but every time I look at one of those scripts, I'm like, this is it it does what i want so rigidly that as soon as this use case is done i'll never have another one um and maybe i'm just not very creative when it comes to automation and i should be um like for example when we do advertisement for code youngstown events which is something that is extremely repetitive and time consuming i would love to have someone who is interested in social media take that on I guess this is an opportunity to shout out. If you're interested in doing actual social media work, advertising events for Code Youngstown, it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, uh, you know, once every three months and we need you to, to just keep pinging people and responding on social media for a little bit. Uh, it's not that much work, but it's probably like five to 10 hours of work every three months. Um, max, uh, hit me up. Uh, I would love to to work with you and and give you real social media experience. We it actually gets people into our our venues. Uh, it, it makes a difference to to our programming community. But anyway, I should automate a lot of that stuff using like Buffer and those kind of things. But I just haven't. I've used Buffer before. I've used TweetDeck before, and unfortunately. The, the truth of social media is that every single social media uh, platform is different. And while you could automate like a post and make them the same across all your social media, in order to optimize it, uh, your Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and all those posts should all actually be slightly different. Buffer and, and all, TweetDeck and all those also don't support events very well. And part a significant part of event advertisement on Facebook is actually posting in the event. So people get repinged and, and reminded and, and sent all the invitations. And it's interesting because Facebook's event API used to be open and their docs are actually still available, I assume for internal use. But the event API, last I checked, is completely locked down. So you can't automate creating an event, viewing an event, any of those things without a scraper. And if you've ever tried scraping from Facebook, it's super sketchy. They uh, obfuscate everything. So it's not easy to automate all the tiny tasks I do for uh, for posting, including the formatting, which is slightly different for Twitter and Facebook, and now LinkedIn, which is has become our most seems to become our most popular social media um, social profile, social whatever. Uh, our, our most popular thing right now. It's gro- it's growing the fastest. There's, the tools just aren't there for doing the event portion because the APIs just aren't exposed. There are tools for managing events and automating a lot of those processes, but most of them are centered around large events of like you know 300 or more that you're charging a $100 plus ticket fee because most of them are are less focused on the event itself and more on your uh, like your churn and your your conversion rates and the emailing and making sure emails are going through and, and tracking clicks and, and all like that world of event event marketing as opposed to just getting the word out and grassroots stuff. Um, 
we don't need to track whether or not people are clicking on our event listings. We just track whether or not like people are um, RSVPing. It's not important to really know our click through rate. Maybe maybe it is, but at our rate, like it's so variable. We don't have um, one thing like during one thing they teach you in like startup land is that when you only have so many customers, like less than a thousand users, and even then you you can't take the statistics that you gather very seriously because you just don't have enough people. Um, you can't say that, oh, this performed like 20% better than that because you don't have a, what's the word that I'm looking for? Your sample size isn't large enough. So ours, our small community of less than 400 engineers, most of which aren't even active in our Slack, is just too small to really use these tools that expect you to pay hundreds of dollars a month. Um, I looked quite a bit into these tools because my startup uh, back in the day that crashed and burned, Evit, was an event marketing startup. And it was really cool. It was targeted towards organizations that held more grassroots, you know, 30 to 50 people events, maybe a little bit less, um, to help automate some of their event marketing, including publishing their event to their website and other places and, and as well as their communities. So for example, Code Youngstown has partners with the OCO Collaborative. We're partnered with the YBI uh, in a very loose sense. Uh, among other people, and Evit automatically would dis, uh, syndicate the events we'd post to all these community calendars, which was really cool. Um, it, it was a nice, it was a convenient, cool piece of technology. But at that rate, where every event's only about 30 or 50 people, and most of these events aren't directly, you know, we're not selling tickets for these events. These are community events, mostly held by nonprofits. There's really, there was no money in it. Um, so we kind of dropped that. And I think that's a common theme with Code Youngstown stuff. There's really not much money in um, Code like Code Youngstown-esque things in community management and free events to justify automating and, and going around all these weird APIs and, and paying for things that we would otherwise use, you know, once every two to three months. I know that was, that was a lot, and I, I hope I answered your question. You did. It, um, you reminded me of a X, K, I, X, I can't remember the, the letters. You mentioned it earlier, XKCD. Is that right? That sounds right. I got it in my head. That was shared during the workshop last night about um, the return on automation, and it was like 15 minutes. It's like two seconds. <laughs> And it was it was funny. I'll have to share it with you later. But you you made me think of that, and I was like, yeah. It's... Oh yeah, the the automation spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. I I think about that every so often, especially when I I'm going to automate something, and it usually talks me out of it. To be honest, um, and you think it would be the other way around. Like there was the, I rem I'll never forget this one time where, um, I was talking to my mom because she was she was doing laundry. And she, the trash can was in another room. And I was like, why don't you just get a, like a little trash can and put it in your laundry room so you can like empty the lint in there. And she was like, well, why would I do that? And I was like, well, if you're doing like laundry once a week for like the rest of your life, it saves you something like two weeks of your entire life. Uh, I, I did the math. And you know, in some ways that's, that's true. And, you know, when I think when I'm doing the dishes, I'm just like, oh man, I wish I could automate this like way better. And the dishwasher is very okay at doing so. Um, but I, I feel like my day to day, I have the things that I'd like to automate are more workflowy. Like I'd love that love for tools to match my, my existing workflow better than the other way around where I automate things around my workflow. If that makes sense, that might be a little weird. That makes sense. So Joe, um, you know, you mentioned how all of Code Youngstown events are free. Can you maybe talk a little bit about how you make that uh, make financial sense to organize? Um, you know, some of the things you do to make sure that those events can remain free and uh, open to the community? Well, uh, the main way is that Nick and I both have uh, very decently paying tech jobs, and it's not a big deal. Um, we probably nowadays we have about a thousand dollars of spend a year. Um, that's between 
uh, meetup, which is now very expensive. It's like $200 a year, which is ridiculous, but they have such good SEO. Like if you Google the Vegas, like code, like programming Youngstown club, like that shows up Our, our code Youngstown shows up. So it's sort of worth it. Sort of not. Um, It'd be such a shame to get rid of, I, I feel. So I, I haven't tossed that. Uh, I throw like $30, $40, $50 into Facebook ads every event uh, just because it gets the awareness up. We we see new people show up to the events because of them, and that makes it worth it to me. I'd love to throw money at LinkedIn ads, but they have a minimum spend of like $150 per event ad, which is just, it's it's too much like for a minimum for an event that we only expect 50 people at max i'd love to do that if if we had a little bit more resources um nick normally pays for the swag i I think he he sells them at cost and then stickers are free i pay for most of the prints i think most recently he actually paid for the prints uh, for like flyers and stuff like that um Excuse me. Hosting's free for our website. We use GitHub Pages for. Or actually, we most recently moved GitHub Pages to Versal, which is free uh, still for our uses, which is is really nice. Um, I think they call it Versal. I think that's the official pronunciation there. What else? Hmm. Transportation, food. We usually ha- we used to have the venue pay for the food. So, for example, when Turning or Oak Hill or whoever hosted us, they would pay for food, which was awesome. Um, nowadays, Nick normally pays for the food, which I really appreciate. And uh, since most of the events have been at um, Westside, any food that we don't provide is is kind of available at the bar, alcohol, those kind of things. So that's that's been convenient for us, and it has kept costs down a little bit. There has been talks about possibly... Uh, so Code Youngstown is not in anything. It is not a nonprofit. It is not a for-profit. There is not does not have a bank account. It is not legally recognized. It is literally just something that can I do. And every so often, especially with... I'm going to allude to this, this conference that may or may not happen that we've been talking about, um, having a more formal setup for code youngstown to make sure money is going to the correct places and and being taxed correctly and and being uh, making sure you know money doesn't get lost in weird ways uh you know keep um keep keep our hands clean uh, with everything the question of whether or not we should be non-profit or for-profit if it's worth going for uh, grants of some sort if we're nonprofit, if we could get sponsorships we've had people ask us if we need money and then throw a couple thousand bucks at us and we've we've told them no because we don't want to necessarily be beholden to sponsorships uh necessarily it's um, i'm not you know for the right people i'm, I'm not uh, fully opposed uh, morally opposed but i think that it hasn't made sense so far to do that because we've been able to keep everything free and uh, really, Code Youngstown has grown as you know Nick and Mai's careers have grown, so it's kind of kept pace. In the future, maybe I, I think events will always be free. I, I as long as vend- venues are willing to host us for free or nearly free, then there will always be there will be Code Youngstown events as long as Nick or I are, are willing to to host them, or someone else. Uh, we're more than happy to let someone else host an event if they're excited to do so. Yeah, Nick actually gave a little speech about that at the Lightning Talks. I, I forget exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, uh, "If you think you can do this better than me, get up here and do it." Yeah, we've been we've been saying the same thing, uh, something around those lines, something about, uh, you know, we'll give you the keys to the castle, give you admin on whatever. Like, if don't, you know, we are not. Um, if we think it's a decent idea, we'll throw our resources at it, and we've done that here and there uh, when people have asked us. For help with things, uh, we have a couple things in the, in the works uh, with certain organizations that I can't exactly talk about um, that you know may or may not come to fruition. But in general, you know, Code Youngstown is kind of at this turning point where we need to make a decision if we want to grow it um, financially, not necessarily. I I think we've grown pretty decently member wise, um, or if we should keep it more grassroots. And I I'm not sure what the answer is.
Yeah, that makes sense. Coming back a little bit to, you know, uh, event planning and the events, you know, you said that with Westside Bowl, you know, you just kind of get the Westside Bowl pizza, which is delicious. Um, you know, uh, aside from that, in other events and in other venues, um, you know, how do you really plan for, you know, amount of food or like what kind of food you would get for an event? At this point, we have a decent feel per event based off like Facebook RSVPs and, and RSVPs among our social media and how much we've heard um, from different people about the events and how much advertising we've actually done for the event, um, how many people will show up. On average, we get about 40-ish people. For our biggest events, I think we've gotten like 50, 55. Um, most of those were unexpected. But in general, I think we've always had enough food because we we try to overbuy and make sure there's enough for everybody. Um, trying to think if there's any other magical things. Unfortunately, the first event you never know. I I think every event has a different. Um, you know, there's no rule like oh, seventy five percent of people saying you're going on or they're going on Facebook will show up. I've read all kinds of metrics on that, uh, especially when I was doing the startup, and I think it's very different per event market and and per per audience and and really per event and we really only know because we've been doing this for so long we've been doing um code youngstown has existed in various forms for almost 10 years now and i've been helping out with it for i think about six or seven years i i actually made a blog post recently about it mildly recently a couple months ago at joedunko.com about the history of code youngstown and and detailing kind of some of the uh the nuances there cool so uh one more thing i wanted to ask you is can you talk a little bit about um you know we talked about what you know lightning talks we talked about the uh semi-annual social event um you know those are events we do right now with code youngstown what are some events we've done in the past but haven't necessarily done recently and some other types of events that you want to give a try in the future. So my philosophy when it comes to uh, event organizing is everything should be an event. Everything should be made important. There shouldn't be meetings. There should be events. And I've held this for for almost a decade. I, I treated HackYSU the same way where we were a student organization. Uh, Youngstown Penguin Hackers was a student organization that we don't have meetings. You don't show up once a week. It's not like that. The organizers organize an event and invite people there. That way it's it's important. It's a reason to show up because otherwise everyone's busy. Everyone has things going on. And we we went out of our way to make events with val- that give value. And with Code Youngstown, we I I uh, tried to do the same where the events give enough value to justify people showing up. And I think that we've accomplished that. And it was a lot of work. We we struggled for a little bit to put together a event schedule that was spaced out enough, that had enough pool, that would pull in enough people, that speakers that had value to give, those kind of things. Some of there was event formats that didn't really work out. For example, hack nights. Hack nights never quite stuck. Uh, much to Nick's chagrin, chagrin. Is that how you use that word? I'm not sure. Um, and the idea of hack nights, I think, is is exciting, and it's something that like my friends and I occasionally order or organize like a hack night, and we still miss it. Like people don't go to it because you have to extract your own value from hack night, really. It's it's difficult to get ha- value from other people during Hack Night. That's my theory. Um, maybe if you have a project, if you have a project you're working on, you might as well work on it on your own most of the time. If you are there to help someone else, like we don't, we never really advertise that. It's the formula for Hack Night we haven't quite cracked. Um, and maybe it involves a more active community. Make. Like we don't really have that many people who advertise, hey, I'm working on this side project. Hey, I'm working like I'm working on this side project. I'm working on this thing. We mostly have people who work at companies and really don't have that many side projects, uh, which is kind of a shame and something that I'd like to to 
excuse me, grow in our community. I'd like to change kind of Youngstown's culture around that just a little bit, um, especially because it affects like Hack YSU is kind of my effort into changing that culture uh, at YSU specifically where students were graduating without ever doing side projects and it really hurt their chances in the job market. So maybe there's a way to get Hack Nights working, but I haven't figured it out. And maybe because the events might not be for me or, or what have you. Um, but I, I really believe that if you're hosting an event, it needs to be, you have to be part of the target market. And so you, that's how you know how to advertise it. And I haven't quite cracked that one. Um, so we, we don't do meetings. We don't do hack, hack nights. I'm trying to think what else was a, a failed model. I think those were the two two main ones. Oh, we also don't do themed meetups. We do not do like, uh, if you go to Pittsburgh, you'll see there's the PHP meetup. There's the Node.js meetup. There's the crypto meetup. There's this, that. Just because our, our theory is that there isn't enough people in Youngstown to really support that. Um, if 50 people go to each of our events and that's the max that can can do that, how many people are you possibly going to get for a you know, off, off event where it's just no developers and maybe there's still a market there. Like one thing that I love to experiment with is to get with somebody who's really passionate about a certain language or framework or, or crypto or whatever, doesn't really matter. And them host events in the off months. So code Youngstown hosts a code Youngstown event every other month. And I'd love to see somebody host something on the opposite months, something that I don't really have to help out with that is very specific to some kind of language or framework or what have you, that they decide how that works and, and how that's organized and that they figure out the value to their um, community. Um, and, you know, if taking this, this thought process down the path all the way, we could potentially have a Code Youngstown meetup every other month that brings the entire community together. And then on the off months, all of like, you know, if the Youngstown PHP meetup, the Youngstown this meetup, the Youngstown that meetup could happen on the off months, just like on the same day or weekend or, or around the same time. That way you can kind of choose your your click, your club, your whatever. Um, I imagine people want to be at multiple. I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's just kind of like a theory of something that could possibly work. But we'd need someone else to step up and say, I love react i love terraform i love whatever and i know people will show up and when you have that energy people are drawn to it and i bet it'll happen i just don't i'm not capable of pulling that in um pulling people in uh with having that specific of a topic um so you know if you're if you are listening and you're interested in something like that uh Know, computer information security any any ultra specific topic that you want to host a meetup for code youngstown will happily serve as a venue will help you figure out everything from from the ground up um if you want to run the show uh let me know I'm trying to think if there's any other hackathons we we purposely have not run a hackathon because adults just don't have 36 hours to spend on an event and there's like week-long hackathons where you kind of you know check in with a team like via discord or something and kind of work on a project collaboratively but asynchronously you could do those month long or whatever um but i think the month-long ones there's better there are better events online for that like github hosts a bunch of them there's all kinds of things um i don't think code youngstown is really the best venue for that uh, but I could be wrong, and somebody can tell me I'm wrong. Um, and then there was one other that I thought of. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to remember. Oh, remote events. So we have not done a single remote event, and that's been very much on purpose because Nick and I both felt that the, especially with the pandemic, every event was going remote, and we just didn't have the capability to host a great remote event that was any better than any of the other remote events that were going on. However, the Code Youngstown survey uh, said that like 80% of people would be interested in going to a remote Code Youngstown event. 
uh, which was way more than I had anticipated. So maybe Nick and I were wrong about that. And maybe we should have hosted a remote Code Youngstown event. Who knows how, like Zoom or, or what have you. But it, you know, we didn't have the passion. We didn't have the knowledge and we just didn't do it. And that worked out for us. But um, that is another type of event that we just haven't done. All right, cool. All right, so Joe, um, you know, tell us your thoughts about this conference. Uh, you know, what it is you've got in mind now, um, some of what's been talked about, and anything else you can share. Yeah, so I've been throwing around the idea of a Code Youngstown conference for the last three or four months. We're still not sure if it'll happen. We we've kind of been the idea is to kind of get the the thought of a Code Youngstown conference into the current zeitgeist, um, get people's thoughts on it, um, attract some sponsors, some venue, a venue, uh, speakers, those kind of things. See who co- who heeds the call, uh, volunteers of a Code Youngstown conference. And I think there's arguments to be made that it's not necessary to have a conference. We have events every other month. We have speakers. We could just have these speakers that that gives us a cue for a while. Why waste our entire queue of speakers at in a, a conference? But I think it's important to bring the entire Code Youngstown community together and say, if you are going to show up for an event, if you wanna if you wanna be a programmer in Youngstown and you go to one thing um a year, but hopefully it would be yearly, but who knows? I don't wanna I don't wanna project that far. If you go to one thing, you should go to this conference you should meet these people. You should do this thing. Everyone will be there. All the local tech companies, all the employers, everyone who works remote, everyone will show up for at least a bit. Um, everyone who's, you know, willing to speak will, will, you know, get, be able to give their piece, um, you know, 30 to 45 minute talk, talking slots, maybe, you know, nine to five on a Saturday type deal. Um, just as a centerpiece for our community that everyone can rally behind. Because I think the Code Youngstown events are great, and I think they do what they're supposed to, but I think it's still difficult as someone who's looking from our com- at our community from the outside to know when to jump in. The socials are supposed to be that opportunity, but if you're still on the fence, if you are still new to programming, if you are you know not extremely social or any of those kind of things um we have 400 people in our slack and if i i truly believe we could pull in 150 people which would be 300 or be three times the number of people we get at our events maybe four depending on how you count it i i truly think we can do that and i think that that would be potentially transformational for our 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 programming community Um, one thing, the, the reason I started doing community building is because I believe that when you bring people together, they will start building things. When, when you bring people together with common interests, they'll start building things. And I think Code Youngstown has been a great part of it. We've seen a huge, um, I would say, revolution in the how modern our stack is, or the average stack in Youngstown is uh, over the last five years. The average stack in Youngstown five years ago was the average stack nationwide 10 years ago, at least from the conversations I was having. And I truly believe that Code Youngstown has been a part of the transformation for bringing Youngstown into more of the closer to the forefront of programming and and building. And I think the next level of that is to foster more more of a community around projects around potentially startups but you know i don't want to get that ambitious and i think the best way to do that is help people you know talk to each other and i think bringing as many people together in one room fostering those conversations is is the best way to do it and a conference is i think the best way to execute that that is uh that's an awesome if ambitious idea um i would say that you know right now Code Youngstown has like kind of a, a geographic focus around Youngstown, the city. Um, and that extends outward a little bit, like obviously up into Trumbull County, uh, maybe down into Columbiana a bit. Um, 
you know, how far do you kind of see that focus extending if you are organizing a conference? Our definition of the Youngstown area right now is loosely within a half hour drive of downtown. So for example, when putting together the directory uh, on Code Youngstown's website of Youngstown tech companies, that's exactly what I did is I, I checked how long is the drive between downtown Youngstown or YSU or the YBI, one of the two, um, and this this company? And if it made it in, you know, that's the Youngstown area. So it's not really a circle. It's more of like a, you know, whatever highway, longer on highways, makes in the Pennsylvania a little bit, those kind of things. That's worked pretty well. I think that there would still be a focus on Youngstown based people in Youngstown area people. I think that there are people in other cities that are excited for conferences and will go to anything. I definitely was that person for a long time. And I think bringing those people, the people that love going to conferences and, and bring the, that energy is really important. Um, that was something that I learned at HackYSU. Uh, there are people who go to hackathons a lot. Like they don't just go to one or two, they go to like five or 10 a year. Like I was one of those people. I had gone to like 15 hackathons for a while. I was going to one every other month. And these people had just such a different energy. And when we opened up HackYSU, uh, started reimbursing travel was the, the big thing for people who were driving in. The, the uh, heavy hitters in the hackathon scene that showed up brought everyone's bar up. Everyone had more energy. Everyone was like, oh, they're making like, oh, I'm gonna make this Arduino thing that like, you know, just adds one and one plus two. And then over on the other side of the room, there'd be there there was a team that was uh I think for Penn State. I think that they were doing some VR project. They were ripping assets from I think Kingdom Hearts and then throwing them in a VR engine and they got it to work, which was I don't know, fulfilled like a deep uh uh childhood uh childhood desire uh for me but the idea that there's someone you know there there's another there's other people and we bring them in and and we show the bar we level up everyone's uh we level up everyone so i'd love to get people who are not strictly youngstown based to the code youngstown conference will mostly advertising well will i i say that as if it will happen i'm is not that certain but would most of the advertising be Youngstown based? Yes. But would we also invite speakers that from the you know tri-state area that are that specialize in things that we know we don't really have in Youngstown, like data science, Web three, crypto, those kind of topics that were explicitly noted in the Code Youngstown survey as things that people want to learn more about, and that we don't really have speakers locally that are willing to speak on them that we know of. Yes, I'd love to pull those type of people in. Um, and maybe invite different communities, like invite the the code and supply community to come down in Pittsburgh or the the Cleveland tech community to come down. Uh, some people might trickle in, and I am excited to learn from those people, and I'm excited to let their energy kind of you know help level everybody up because I I think that that's important. All right, that's uh, awesome to hear. I really like the idea of inviting some of the uh, neighboring tech communities to to participate and contribute. You know, I guess uh, starting to close things up. You know, we have talked about these events, but we've got one coming up in December. Could you give a uh, a summary of what we know so far about December's event? Oh man, I don't want to jinx it, but we the plan right now is to have an event at the beginning of December. There is no date on it, but we normally do our events Tuesdays or Thursdays, so it'll probably be like first week of December, either Tuesday or Thursday, um, at the OWL, oh, excuse me, OWOW um, Children's Center. Uh, we have some some work that we're we're considering doing with them through Code Youngstown, and they invited us to uh be there and uh hd davis cpas uh invited us to or or said they would sponsor so i don't want to i think i'm allowed to talk about this i think it is basically set in stone and we just need to set a date so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it so they they said they sponsor food it'll be at oh wow and i think parking after five is free downtown and it's a weekday so it shouldn't be too much of a problem 
but we're very excited to, to start working with oh wow a little bit more and with hd davis um who is kind of in this in the middle of of uh, a tech revolution revolution they just bought a, a new office or not even office like multiple offices in liberty and they're kind of looking to start automating some of their stuff with programming and so they're getting involved in our community a bit which is very exciting um but yeah it was at beginning of a september or excuse me beginning of december at oh wow downtown you'll you'll hear about it uh, through all of our social media when we finally get the date uh settled but that's the plan right now all right that is it for this episode of the code youngstown podcast thank you joe for all the information that uh that you've given us today um you know, it's definitely really educational to hear how much goes into the planning of these events that we uh, that we all get to benefit from. You know, I also want to thank all of our listeners. We will be back with another episode next month. And in the meantime, be sure to join the community on our Slack through slack.codeyoungstown.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, and rate our podcast on your listening platform of choice.